2: Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And this week is number three in Matt's noir That's
1: right, noir March. We are taking a look this week at Copycat.
3: What turns on a killer is the suffering and death of another human being. And as his determination builds to take another life, he plans in obsessive detail what props he'll bring what knots he'll tie let me ask you guys something what turns you on a criminal psychiatrist there's a serial killer out there who strangled three women he's gonna do it again a homicide detective would you work with us on this you're kidding right I do not want you discussing this case with her in any shape, way, or form. It's the Boston Strangler.
0: You telling me this guy's copycatting a serial killer's been
3: dead for... 20 years. You're looking for an intelligent white male, 20 to 30 years old, socially functional. Everything's different, different guy. He's switched from DeSalvo to Bianchi and Bruno, the hillside strangler. One man is copying the most
0: notorious killers in history. One at a time.
3: He's sending you letters like he's daring us to nail him. If he wants to be famous, he has to be caught.
0: I'm death and life to you, duh.
3: We know that Mr. Cullen was safe in San Quentin last night, so how come his book shows up under the mattress?
0: Together, two women must stop him.
3: The man who has killed five women in this city was just in your apartment.
0: Before he kills
3: again. All I know to do is change your locks, tighten up your security, and pray.
0: Corny Weaver, Holly Hunter, and Harry Connick Jr. in a deadly game of cat Here,
3: kitty, kitty, kitty. and mouse.
0: <gasps> Copycat.
1: That's a great trailer. It is. It's a great... It doesn't give anything away, but if you're hooked and you want to see the movie, like, I'll watch it again. Shit. <laughs>
2: Tells you just enough. We're... Someone is copying all the great serial killers of the past. I wouldn't say great. They're actually horrible. But
1: well, all the famous. Famous, yeah. It, it's a fame thing with this, yeah.
2: I'm not obsessed with serial killers.
1: I'm not either. Yeah. I'm obsessed with these kind of movies, but they're fake. You know, like these aren't real, like, yeah. I love detective movies, but I don't. I don't like real life stuff. I'm not the person that watches the crime documentaries on Netflix. I don't care. It no. doesn't do anything for me. No, they're boring.
2: I just, I don't like real serial killers. I
1: love fake ones. Yeah. I love movies about serial killers that mostly tend to be fake. So.
2: But I want all my violence to be made up.
1: Yes. I'm not a, not a true crime guy. No, nope, me neither.
2: So we got that in common. You know what else we have in common? We both like copycat.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this was the first time you had seen this? Definitely, yes. This is this is only the second time I had seen this movie, uh, much like the movie we talked about last week. Um, yeah, this was only the second time I had seen it, but I fucking love this movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not a big thriller guy. I haven't seen a lot. I've seen the bigger ones, you know, a lot of the ones that people talk about. Uh, this one should be talked about more. I'm surprised it's not.
1: Yeah, I I watch a lot of thrillers. I okay. am a thr- like I I have my horror fan thing, but I think my like my side thing that I like just I've seen them all. I've seen every thriller I can get my hands on. These crime thrillers and noir thrillers and things like that. I I love I love thrillers and particularly I love '90s thrillers. But that all aside, even taking my love for it aside, this is one of the best thrillers ever made. I think. Just. It's
2: really good. Uh, I was captivated the entire time. Yeah, it's it flies,
1: flies along. It doesn't. Yeah. There's no. There's no slog in this story at all. This movie flies. It is entertaining. It's pulpy enough, but it's not cheesy. It's it, it hits all the right notes for this kind of movie. It's also got great '90s
2: technology.
1: Yes, computers. Yes. <laughs> the computers.
2: The one that cracked me up is when she gets mail, and it makes the most obnoxious sound.
1: (laughs) Um, I didn't have a computer in 95. I don't know what they were like. (laughs) Pretty
2: sure that one was just made up for this movie.
1: uh, And I love how the cops
2: don't understand some of the lingo that she's putting down with it. She's like, I'm turning off my computer. This is an open network for him to just come right in. They're like, we'll lock the doors. And I was like, oh, wow. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, there's a lot of 90s technology in here being used uh, by the killer and by our lead, who is Sigourney Weaver, is our lead in this one.
2: Well, see, is it Sigourney Weaver or is it Holly Hunter? Well, it is Holly Hunter. I mean, it is. Oh, shit. Actually, I don't know who this is. I think, I think th- they share
1: it. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, I'll get to the cover in one second, but they share top billing, uh, Holly Hunter and yeah. Sigourney Weaver. But I think it's Sigourney Weaver's movie because she is the inciting incident. So, Mm -hmm. I think she, you know, our our hero, I guess, is Holly Hunter, but our main focus, I think, is Sigourney. Both fantastic, though, in this movie. Like, no question that these are, they're giving some career best performances in this.
2: They're both really good. Everyone's,
1: everyone's good in this. Yeah. and so I'll, I'll break down the cover for you, but then I, I'll sort of reveal for those who don't know who one of, one of our killers is in this movie. Um, so it says on the cover, Sigourney Weaver, Holly Hunter above the title. Um, and then we get a face uh, with sunglasses on. And in the reflection of the sunglasses, we see Sigourney Weaver and Holly Hunter's got a gun pointed at it. And Sigourney Weaver's looking inquisitively. And a, our tagline for it is, one man is copying the most notorious killers in history. One at a time. Together, two women must stop him from killing again or their next. Copycat. And it has underneath the title, Dermot Mulroney, who is another cop in this movie, and our killer, one of our killers, like our our featured killer, is Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, and he's grody in this. Oh man. This is like this is also like the um music career and friends era of harry connick jr and he is not doing that in this movie (laughs) he is the opposite like for for the kids today for example this would be if like michael buble played a serial killer in a movie that's what was happening here in 95 it was smooth uh singer you know old-timey singer Playing a serial killer in a movie. Well, and then the next
2: year after this, Harry Connick Jr. plays an incredibly small role in Independence Day. Right. But in this one, he's playing a killer, and you can tell he is loving it.
1: I think that Harry Connick Jr. should have gotten a supporting actor nomination for this movie, hands down.
2: I just don't know if he does enough uh, because it, it didn't. The role doesn't act. You know, it doesn't call for it. But uh, he is really just it's kind of hard to
1: tell it's him he's so good he's got the fake teeth in where it looks like he's got like a chip down the middle (laughs) and his his skin is yes he's got like crazy acne like oily yeah he's, he's just weird he's so good um, if and you bumped
2: into him on the street, you'd be like, "Nope,
1: not talking to you." You'd be like, "That guy's a serial killer." <laughs> um, and so that's the face that's like highlighted in blue. I think on this cover, I think they're going for Harry Connick's face with them looking in the.
2: I, yeah, I didn't know. Now that I look at it, I was like, "Is this the the actual killer or the other killer?" Because this says two killers, one in prison one doing the killing
1: yeah very similar i guess to silence of the lambs yeah but mm-hmm. do they do it completely different in this movie like
2: yeah because harry connick jr's killer isn't the one they go to for him i mean well he does give some information but he's not the genius
1: right he's just involved like he he's just trying to get more fame out of it yeah well, it's all uh, yeah because didn't he write a yeah a, he, he wrote, wrote a book wrote, on yeah, it yeah. yeah and they had correspondence that him and the actual killer of this movie Um, flipping it over to the back, if you don't know what this is about, uh, you know, based off of the trailer and what we've already been talking about, this is, this is your rundown, uh, review at the top, cracklingly good, nail-bitingly tense, tautly directed from the New York Times. Yeah, wow. They didn't need any other reviews on here. (laughs) Um, and we see our three stars, we see Sigourney Weaver, Eric Connick Jr., and, Holly Hunter on the back here, and here is uh, our little write-up. The best-reviewed thriller of 1995 is Copycat, a sensational adrenaline pumper about the desperate hunt for a mass murderer with an elusive M.O. He copies serial killers of the recent past. He's out there, but who is he? When, where, and how will he strike? An ambitious San Francisco homicide detective, Academy Award winner Holly Hunter and a noted criminal psychologist, Sigourney Weaver, piece together a jigsaw puzzle of crime as they close in on a fiend with a knack for staying a step ahead and leaving a body behind. Uh, John Amel Summersby directs the smartest and most gripping thriller since The Silence of the Lambs, Newsday. Dermot Moroni. William McNamara, Harry Connick Jr., Will Patton, and other co-stars bring extra heat to the film's feverish race against time for the ultimate suspense and excitement. Choose copycat, but remember, he's out there. Yeah, it did. I, I would rent the film. <laughs> that cover, that description, sold. <laughs> I'm like,
2: I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I just like, okay, let's put it in. And uh, when I watched it. I don't even know how long this film is. Don't really care, but it was probably two hours, I would say. Yep, it is yeah.
1: exactly. It's two hours and three minutes. Mm, yep.
2: Okay. Uh, It's it's good. Uh, came off a budget of $20 million, Made 32 in the box office. Surprised it didn't make more.
1: Yeah, and this could be sort of the reason why this movie isn't talked about as much. It was pretty critically liked, um, we saw that Siskel and Ebert liked it. Um, it had a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is probably the highest score for a movie we've covered.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Our movies haven't been particularly high on the Rotten Tomatoes score.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. And this one, but this one is critically liked, but never really caught on and never really considered to be like, um, Silence of the Lambs or Seven or any of those other classic 90s serial killer movies. But I think this goes right up there with them. Yeah. For me,
2: uh, I found this kind of fascinating. It come now, it came out right at October, or I mean, right at Halloween, the end of October. So that's interesting. And it came out at the same time as Get Shorty on its first weekend. Ooh,
1: that's tough. Yeah, that's that's why that was number one. We had Powder, Ugh,
2: <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn. No, oh. I am actually surprised that that movie made that much money. <laughs> Yeah, uh, copycat now and
1: then, Oh
2: which we talked about. Yeah, wow, seven. Oh, geez, you're fucked.
1: Yeah, seven's still in theaters, and copycat comes out.
2: Yeah, there's right there. Your whole audience is going to that thriller.
1: I'm gonna, uh, make, I'm gonna make my bold statement now. I like this movie more than seven. Honestly, ooh, um, mm, I, I don't know if I can go that far. Seven has some dead moments for me. This one doesn't. This one. What's me. in this the lies. box? This one flies by and this one doesn't have kevin spacey which is pretty cool now too so
2: (laughs) yeah but kevin kevin spacey's amazing in seven i I just he's to me he's a more captivated killer because he's he he, like if harry connick jr was used more in this we could have maybe compared them to because i believe harry connick jr just looks like he's fucking nuts (laughs) well but he's only got like what 10 minutes of screen time it's very short very
1: short they're doing the hannibal lecter thing with him um but i i never i never liked kevin spacey and not because of not because i knew he was a creep or anything like that i didn't know anything about that i just never liked him because i could always see the strings with him i can always see him acting he's it's always obvious to me that you know kevin spacey's giving a performance it's 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 never it was never like he disappeared in a role for me it was like oh there's Kevin Spacey and he's acting that's why I never liked him I mean in the usual
2: suspects He's just fantastic. I I gotta disagree with you on yeah, that one. Yeah,
1: i I love I love Benicio del Toro and uh, I love yeah. Yeah, Usual Suspects of Kevin. There's Spacey. not really
2: anything I can say bad about the Usual Suspects except their director. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I I never liked Kevin Spacey, so that's probably why. Um, I prefer this movie too because it's more my thing. Yeah,
2: I think it's funny though, but not many people would say that. I mean, before Kevin Spacey's shitty background came out. Most people loved him.
1: I know. And I, I was always saying, like, I can see the strings with him, though. Like, I know he's acting. You know? It never felt natural to me. So now it, now it turns out he's a creep. And I'm like, good. Now nobody likes him. And I never have to see him again. <laughs> and you won't, except when I watch Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> he's, but in he... a, he's in a lot of movies I like, yeah. though. Yeah, There's no, no getting around that. And I do like Seven a lot. I'm not trying to say that I don't like Seven. I just prefer this one.
2: Oh, you know what? How to make an American quilt. Yep, that's what did it. That movie. (laughs) Never seen that. But uh, for some reason, I have seen How to Make an American Quilt, the VHS, a lot. Really? And I will continue not to buy it. Yeah, I've never seen that movie.
1: I actually didn't know that that came out so recently. Then 95, that seems like a movie that just always existed. (laughs) yeah it just was i was alive and it was around type thing like mm-hmm. it, it just always existed that's
2: how it always felt with little women with me i've seen little women and it's a very good film but i feel like when i found out it was made like somewhere what 92 ish 90 around this i thought it was maybe around 95. the same time yeah but it 95. feel that movie feels like it's always been around because my mom watched it so much <laughs> nice yeah, that's, yeah.
1: I, I didn't know anybody who saw how to make an American quilt I just always saw that VHS maybe they just pumped out so many VHS's of that that I just thought it always existed <laughs> I don't know I don't even know what
2: it's about except maybe making an American quilt <laughs>
1: it it's just like a how to video that's like 2 hours long and they got it in theaters somehow that'd be hilarious. I'm sure
2: it's about family.
1: Uh gross. This movie's about serial killers I like this movie. Um
2: and and a very horny Sigourney Weaver.
1: Yeah, she's looking to get laid. She likes uh Dermot Moroni in this movie. Um yeah, so let's jump in. There's no trailers on here, so let's just get right into the movie here. Um yeah, I said I said that Sigourney Weaver is sort of our inciting incident. She's uh, attacked by Harry Connick Jr. in the opening scene of the movie, which kicks off the story because now we know she is, like, she can't leave. What is that, agoraphobic? She can't leave the house. Yeah.
2: I, what did he say? Um, so when they made that announcement, oh, she's got agoraphobia, and did he say, like, what, now she's she doesn't like spiders? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, did you just do... A uh, John Goodman in um, arachnophobia reference joke there?
1: <laughs> no, I think I think it was just the dumb cop thing they were doing here.
2: <laughs> well, I, I've heard
1: agoraphobia. I didn't know quite what it was, though. You can't leave. You're afraid to leave your house. Yeah. And like... Um... You, like, have panic attacks and stuff thinking about leaving. And she
2: really does. Uh, like, her friend, her, her gay friend.
1: <laughs> yes, so because it's a 90s movie. She has a gay friend. Yes.
2: Uh, and he's like, oh, just give her a bag. She breathes into it until she passes out. Then she wakes up and she's fine. He's um, so
1: calm about it. I actually did like the gay friend in this because, unlike in a lot of 90s movies, he's not stereotypically gay. You don't really find out he's gay until you see that he has, like... Uh, a boyfriend mm-hmm. he's not like you know in 90s movies they had to be will and grace big gay you know like
2: yeah this is right before the will and grace well yeah. i don't know maybe will and... it was around the same time yeah.
1: yeah it was all around that same time of like friends and will and grace and all those NBC well, not every gay
2: man has to be jack
1: exactly but then every movie you would think that that would be the case but this movie didn't yeah. do that so i appreciated that
2: extreme stereotypes i guess they just sell well
1: yeah and they did in the 90s because gay was huge it was like it was like still kind of weirdly like taboo but we liked it type thing i don't know we were weird about it in the 90s
2: to me because i lived in missouri i just remember they're like oh cities they're full (laughs) full of those gays
1: (laughs) and i grew up in the city we were like gays they're so fun
2: (laughs) we love them (laughs) and then when i got up to chicago i was just like i i don't you just kind of mingle with a lot of different people so it's like yeah yeah they're there but if they get if they don't fucking go on a green light, I'm still gonna honk my horn at you because I will hate you. Like when you get into Chicago, you just put them all into a melting pot, and they're like doesn't matter who you are if you fuck up in traffic,
1: we hate you. Yeah, right. It's a it's, there's no racism here, there's no sexism oh, whoa, here, whoa, but whoa, there's whoa. trafficism. Here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, but there is racism. Yeah, it's, here. It's, like, just, whoa. it's just the big picture. We're, the, we're a liberal it. city. It was a good. Um, t- it was nice for the joke. But uh, we're trafficist here, though. Yeah. If yeah, you, we're, we're like uh, the reason we don't have traffic like LA because we're actually aggressive about it and we actually need to get places.
2: <laughs> get off the road. Yeah. I've been yelled at so many times when I delivered pizza. I would stop for like two seconds to look at an address. Like,
1: what the fuck? bro? <laughs> oh, I love it. Chicago, we move our ass here.
2: <laughs> you know who else is aggressive? Harry Connick Jr. trying to kill Sigourney
1: Weaver. <laughs> yeah, and that's, the, that's really the only scene we get with him for a while. Mm. And it's a great scene.
2: Yeah, because she's doing a speech at a college about white males from the age of, I don't know, was it 20 to 35,
1: mm-hmm.
2: are basically 90% of the serial killers out there. I assume she just means in, you know, U.S., maybe Canada. I don't know. She doesn't really
1: like. I think she says in the U.S. That's she? I think she says, Yeah. yeah.
2: But uh, yeah, so you and I, I'm actually past the age now, So, but you...
1: I'm probably a serial
2: killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun because she saw um, his character, Harry Connick Jr.'s character, uh, in the crowd. And of course, she didn't actually see him. But then she goes to the bathroom, and a great scene is he's pretending to be a woman because he's got high heels on. So a cop comes to look in the bathroom, looks underneath, and he goes, oh, sorry, ma'am. And then Sigourney Weaver does her '90s, putting the toilet paper on the toilet in the the toilet seat, it
1: cracked me up. Before before we had the rings, yeah. Before we had the little uh, at the airports, yeah. Um, yeah, and Harry Connick Jr. is it kills the cop and uh, strings her up. Very, yeah, like this movie starts off like yeah, this is like five minutes into the movie.
2: Well, because I had not seen this, I was like, oh, is this one of these? Are they going to kill the main star immediately? You know, is this like a 1996 Drew Barrymore?
1: <laughs> uh, but no. Well, you get a fake out with Harry Connick Jr. Because he's not the killer throughout the movie then now. No. no. Um, and uh, But he
2: kills the cop. And then I guess this is how he gets caught and goes to jail. Yep it's
1: yep. got because then we slam to the credits which are the the title treatment mm-hmm. um where it says copycat and it stamps it a bunch of times yeah love it love it uh you know i love a good title treatment those uh,
2: 90s uh just kind of they're they're slightly corny but fun they're awesome yeah, yeah
1: they're so good also, like, and this is WB,
2: so of course, WB, I feel like, is the one who always did this.
1: They always had cool titles, yeah. They even had the ones that interacted with the logo sometimes, yeah. yeah it was fun. Um, but we also, one thing that I didn't even mention yet that we get in a lot in the opening scene and then in some of the more intense scenes, this score is incredible. We you guys have you don't even know it yet, but you've heard this score in probably every thriller trailer you've ever seen. It's from this movie. Yeah, I feel this like movie this movie is the thriller score.
2: <laughs> I feel like Warner Brothers has sold this
1: off a lot or reused it. Yes. It's very intense. Yeah, this is uh this is Christopher uh, Young who is one of my favorites and he really nails it with the the score here.
2: Yeah, this is this it's good everything about this film. Top dollar. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. says budget's only $20 million, but this feels like a $50 million yeah, budget. Yeah, this movie film.
1: does feel huge. The scope of this movie is gigantic. Like you for a, a movie about that's sort of following a woman who can't leave her home, we see so much of the world around this, you know?
2: Yeah. I wonder if this movie didn't do as well is because it's led by
1: two women. In the '90s, in yeah, it's a tougher sell. It was a tougher sell. I just song. thought
2: about that because you're going up against seven, which stars, you know, male-led. Yeah, you know, you got your Brad Pitts and your um... hell. Who else is Morgan Freeman? Film? Morgan Freeman and um... creepy,
1: gross. Yeah, spacey, spacey. Um, yeah, this is this is the the female-led, I guess, version of it, and they're strong females in this. They're very uh, good. They're and they're quite good in the movie. Our our killer turns out to actually be and it's revealed in the movie it's not a twist i mean we're gonna spoil the movie for you anyway but like it's not a twist it's revealed that no, the killer that's... is actually william mcnamara who we made fun of relentlessly on the uh surviving the game episode
3: dad
2: dad,
1: <laughs> dad! <laughs> yeah. you are the worst in surviving the game he's the worst he's fantastic in this movie as the killer i'm very confused <laughs> this is one year after surviving the game too like one year later he gave this amazing performance after giving the worst performance in surviving the game.
2: So we're going to say this. Ernest Dickerson just didn't know how to get the performance out of him. Out of,
1: out of William McNamara. Uh, but he knew how to get a damn good performance out of ice tea. So I'll... Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I'll, I'll let it slide this time, Dickerson. You're yeah, still what, one of my favorites. What
2: was the director here? John Emil? Amel? Yeah, yeah. John Amel. Amel. Yeah, so he knew he knew how to tap into his talent.
1: Yeah, he really did. He's really good in this. Uh, we also, you know, we mentioned, I mentioned at the beginning, Dermot Mulroney's in this movie. He's great. He's great. He's so likable as, like, the yeah. the charming cop who has a crush on Holly Hunter.
2: And he is a good-looking guy in this film.
1: Oh, he's a stud. Yeah, he's, I mean... Dermot Moran's always been a good. Looking I know, guy. but, but like, like, he, like young him is like hot.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was I was really impressed. And then I, what I also didn't get in this film is like why is everyone trying to bang Holly Hunter? I'm I know Holly Hunter's got that kind of '90s attractiveness, but I'm just saying like as characters, do we have to have this?
1: We don't have to have this. But I was so like violently attracted to Holly Hunter in this movie. I was just like. Ooh, you're hot. It's it's her like Southern accent with like the the cop attitude. She's hot in this movie. She is hot in this movie.
2: You just love you just love those women in blazers.
1: I love a strong woman. I love a and she is strong in this movie. And I'm like I like it. I like you, it. It works for me. Did you want her to arrest you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but it is I think it's kind of cute that like so you have Sigourney Weaver's just like she doesn't leave her house and she just wants to get laid and she wishes she can get laid from Dermot Mulroney cuz he's hot. Yeah. Um and uh he's got a crush on Holly Hunter. Um, and he, but he hasn't acted on it. He's shy about it, which I think is a cute subplot. I think it works and it makes him more human and likable and devastating. When he dies, he dies. Um, <laughs> and, uh, what, gonna- no, no, <laughs> oh, I was I just like about to say spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's, You're not watching this movie like a commentary, so it's all good. No, it's- um, and then, uh, uh, but then Will Patton, who, um, is in this movie as well. Uh, Used to date Holly Hunter as well. Yeah, he's still kind of in love with her as well. And
2: Patton needs to take it down a notch because he's a little nuts.
1: <laughs> he's he's high energy in this. Uh, I love Will Patton.
2: Yeah, yeah. Will Patton hates the way that um Maroney dresses, how he styles his hair, uh, what he eats. Because he's, he's
1: jealous of him. He
2: insults him on when he shows up to a crime scene, like everything, yeah. and they almost get into a fight. Yeah. And it's just, dude,
1: it's just, back off, man. Yeah, you lost your chance, man. You you blew it with. Uh, and Holly I'm Hunter. starting
2: to figure out why. You probably suffocated. Her. Yeah,
1: he's probably way too intense and crazy. Uh, but there's a great scene yeah. after Dermot Dermeroni gets shot and dies when like he's having like the intimate moment with uh, Holly mm-hmm. Hunter, where he's like, "I would, I wish it was me instead of him that got killed." Uh, and I thought yeah. that was a great human moment too for Will Patton. These characters are so good. Every character is th- three-dimensional. Well, doesn't yeah, matter how much screen time they have. I,
2: I can tell you that, yeah, that's easy because, like, Maroney's character is shy. He is a new cop. Uh, he's kind of, like, he doesn't know the ins and outs of, like, they have a great scene at the beginning where he's shooting, and he just blows the target away, and Uh, Holly Hunter's like, you know, you could just use two, you know, like she she shoots one time. She's like, oh, I I shot him in the artery there. He'll let go of the gun and then I can bring him in. And I didn't have to take a life. And like how she's just so smart. Yeah. Yeah. And he's young and eager, but also shy, kind of a... But yeah. anyway, yeah. Well, it's
1: three-dimensional. He's, he's young and eager, but he's shy. But then also like, yeah, he's he's still a good cop, but he's got a lot to learn. So yeah. it's very three-dimensional. And he's not the star of this movie. And like his character is fully drawn out. And so is Holly Hunter. So is Sigourney Weaver. like, everybody's so well-written in this movie. And
2: then we get the killer who
1: is... Man, he plays creepy well. He's so good. He's chewing scenery. William McNamara is like, this is gonna be my breakout performance. It wasn't, unfortunately, but he is a But he's a working actor. He's a working character actor yeah. still to this day. Uh so it's it's working out for him. Uh but he is so good as the killer. He's so It's like when you see him in the scenes where he's not being a killer, where he's like trying to be charming or whatever, it's like still obvious that he's the killer, but he's so good at it. Like he's so good at being like he's, killer charming.
2: He's got a very trusting face.
1: Yeah. He's good at being a Ted Bundy like uh, killer, but they never reference Ted Bundy at all in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like if he walked
2: up to you, he's non-threatening. Right.
1: Right. But when he's on screen in this movie, you're like, he's the killer. <laughs> yeah. It's no. like he's too nice. He's too good looking, too nice. He's the killer.
2: <laughs> yep. And uh they immediately show it. Uh I found that interesting. Definitely not a who done it, but it the whole thing about this is really it's how are they going to catch him? Because he's intelligent.
1: Yeah, and you're also you see and he, he also knows computers. He knows computers and he's he's copycatting the serial killers, but it's like what order mm-hmm. why you know like what is his end game why is he copying these specific killers and it turns out it's the list she lists mm-hmm. in the presentation she gives at the beginning and he's like he's literally everyone she says he's going after so that his grand finale can be her yeah so he gets famous cuz he's trying cuz he read Harry Connick Jr's book and he's like I want to write a book and get famous i it is funny that uh, he He's just in love with being popular. Yeah. He's obsessed with being famous, which is like, it's, it's so relevant today, but also like only you could have made this movie in 95 as well. You know, like it, it's still relevant today, but like this, you couldn't do this in a 70s thriller.
2: Yeah. I know. Probably not. Um, well, I don't think you could have, maybe you could have two women lead it in the late 70s, but uh... Mm, it was I still I mean,
1: obviously was still a tough sell in 95 so
2: yeah it's it's a different day nowadays uh, now a lot of movies are led by women are making money which is the way it should be yeah, no, yeah. it's the way I, it should be and uh, you know with this film i if you really like serial killers names you're going to love this because (laughs) it constantly tells you like, oh, that's the Boston Strangler or that's the, yeah, whatever. Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. yeah. Just constantly, constantly name dropping.
1: Well, and they'll, and they make it fun for the audience who is into this sort of thing where they're like this, this, and this happened at the scene of the crime, which serial killer is it? And like, if you're like a serial killer nerd, which I'm not, but like, you could be like, oh, that's the MO of Jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's the Boston Strangler that does that. So like, they make it fun. They make it like, they well, they have fun with like the who it is and why and whatever.
2: And now that I think about it, it is quite obvious that Sigourney Weaver is here to drop exposition all the time. But I just realized that's what she was doing throughout the
1: entire film. Yeah, but I uh, don't care. It, no, it well, never feels forced in But she's in this working movie. with the
2: detectives, telling them, like, oh, God, you guys are idiots, don't you know? And they're yeah, just like, kind of like, no. This, <laughs> is, this is the
1: Boston Trangler who did this. And, she, and they're like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, but that's, she, the, that's the way you do exposition. You no, know, I am not... That's the way you do it.
2: I feel like when... You say drop exposition now. It's always like, oh god, the Michael Bay bullshit.
1: Because nowadays, yeah, it's, dropping exposition is, is two characters sitting in a room telling you everything you just saw. <laughs> you know, like.
3: But this was
2: such like kinetic. Like yeah. she's like telling them what it is, and they're going off and trying to find the killer, and the killer's killing while they're like one killer behind. Right. It's just. It was fun. They needed to catch up to this killer who is just a couple steps ahead of them each time.
1: Right. Uh, but wants to eventually get caught once he finishes his, you know, so that's why he's leaving the breadcrumbs and why he's like stalking, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Um, but, um, so who is the woman that he was living with? Like just a girlfriend or maybe somebody he was seducing and then going to kill or whatever.
2: Yeah. I was like, is this like some girl he's with to live in the house? Like she couldn't leave her bed.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure. It's not really established, but I think my assumption is that it's somebody he's sort of entrapped. And
2: I also love because she's like, "Ugh, you're just gonna leave and go play on your computers." Yep,
1: yep. It's and like
2: this movies driving home.
1: And we haven't really talked about it yet, so let's talk about the computers. Uh, <laughs> so one of the ways uh, you know Sigourney Weaver gets uh, attached or. You know, detached from the world as she is focused on her computer and the killer is then using that to taunt her sending her messages and things over the computer and it's it's pretty fun oh yeah this stuff. movie
2: this dates this movie so hardcore it and does. it kind of maybe it's just you and i because we like 90s
1: movies
2: but like this Computer nostalgia is fantastic.
1: It's wonderful. And I, all the
2: flash animations that are in it. <laughs> I love
1: the killer's uh little greeting cards or whatever yeah. where he puts the skull face over like the dancing woman, which is in the trailer, and they do it one more time um in the movie. I love his like little greeting cards. They're the best. They're yeah. the best. I wish they were my screensavers. <laughs> we could probably find them for you. Yeah, we could probably very easily (laughs) or make them probably at this point because this is rudimentary technology at 95
2: (laughs) another character i found kind of just weird in this was their captain because his mustache is
1: ridiculous (laughs) he's uh he's not in a lot of these movies you should just have like the captain who just like yells at them and is uh you know, trying to get them online or whatever. This captain isn't as like intense in this one. No,
2: he's almost disinterested in like he's watching the TV to see how the public persona of the police force is being looked at and how they're being reported on. And Holly Hunter comes in one time. He goes, "Shh, wait, I want to hear this." You know, <laughs> like, are you interested? But it is funny too. At the, towards the end of the film. He's actually giving like Holly Hunter a, a pep talk
1: mm.
2: of like you did what you thought's best, and your action was correct. You just didn't get the result you deserved. Yeah, and there was something about that speech where immediately I was like, I, I think this guy's actually a good guy. Like he wants to be a good cop, but he's just, he's old yeah. and just tired of the bullshit.
1: Yeah. No, I, I like that you had like a captain who was on their side this time. I think I think with a lot of this behind the scenes of like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that are in like a police station and uh, scenes between cops and stuff. I think. This is uh, this is definitely an effect of Silence of the Lambs. I don't think we would have seen as much of this if Silence of the Lambs wasn't such a big movie. And it's wonderful. I love all the cop scenes in this movie. Anytime there's an interaction with the cop. Um, and the scene in which uh, uh, Dermot Moroni dies is a scene that has nothing to do with the killer. You're in this police station, he gets mm-hmm. shot by somebody they've taken in who is not the killer.
2: Yeah, and he was giving some dude donuts, and someone left their gun... In Will desk. Patton left
1: his gun, but like, oh, that's
2: why he that's wishes why he it was, was so, him.
1: That's, he was so S- devastated. Some idiot
2: left his gun in his desk unlocked. Yep, that's what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the guy takes out the gun, holds it to um, Maroney's head or whatever his. I don't even know the character's name. I forgot it.
1: Dermot uh, Maroney's. He's yeah. Reuben.
2: Reuben. Reuben. Um, I should remember that the sandwich. No, I want a Reuben sandwich. Mm. That sounds.
1: Good. I'm getting hungry.
2: <laughs> so he puts it to his head. Holly Hunter shoots him, and he falls to the ground. And you think the scene's over, like, "Wow, thank you, you saved my life." And And he shoots him in the back. uh, Just man, it's a gory uh, squib. Yeah, he gets popped.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good. I love it. Oh, that's that's how you do it. The squibs in uh, uh, William Mcnamara's death when he gets when uh, Sigourney Weaver takes him to the roof of the building and just shoots him. Those are incredible squibs, and he. She shoots him in the head, and he like the back of his head just blows across the fucking scenery. It's great. The nineties went nuts with their squibs. I I feel like
2: they had to. I like the RoboCop. I feel like RoboCop changed squibs.
1: They did. They made them hit. You know, like you felt it, and like they really like showed the fragility of the body. Like. They, if this guy is going to get popped in the head at the end of the movie, his fucking skull is going to go flying, you know, like, and I like that. Nowadays, when somebody gets shot, it's always that CGI squib and it looks oh, terrible every single time. The
2: worst ones are in these, you know, like straight to Netflix movies or the straight to DVD, whatever you call them.
1: I would argue that even some in Hollywood movies, like big yeah, release yeah. movies, they always look terrible. Don't do CGI squibs. They're terrible. Especially the
2: CGI blood is awful i get it in some scenes i don't mind it like where there's a poof you know and they add a little bit more because you never can tell that yeah that's when you use a, it a
1: mist of blood is okay but when you're trying to recreate a squib then you're just being lazy
2: was it one of the resident evils did it and it was awful
1: yeah they got really cgi heavy in this back half of that series yeah which is weird because the first movie is so gory and like, great makeup effects in the first movie. Yeah, but and the then, first but... one's, like,
2: PG-13, and it makes no, no sense. No, it's not. Oh, that?
1: One of them was PG-13. Not One the Resident Evil movies, no.
2: Oh, maybe, okay. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of them at all. And a lot of them, like, two through five, well, maybe three through five just blend together.
1: Yeah, no, they start to blend together, and, like, they... They, yeah, become CGI fest, which is unfortunate because I love the first movie in that series. But but anyway, the CG, all of them. It wow. always looks bad. It never looks good. And that's why I love, another thing I love about this movie is the effects look amazing.
2: What always irritates me is I heard the reason a lot of them use squibs is because it's safer. And I'm like, really? A squib? Is that detrimental to the health? <laughs>
1: like of We've been, yeah, we've been using squibs for ever. You know, like since the dawn of movies, yeah. like, and, and nobody's ever gotten killed from a squib. You know, like not- people, people get killed from misloaded guns and things like that. But a squib is just a pop. People yeah. get hurt. We don't want people to get hurt. And they do get hurt with them sometimes if you're not careful. But like, I don't know. I think it's worth the, it's worth the time to put in to make sure a squib is safe because it's going to look better on film.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Because the actor, the actor is actually reacting to something.
1: Right. They move. They, like, jolt with it, yeah. you know?
2: So, uh, back to this film. Uh, we get the killer slowly killing a bunch of women. And I feel really bad because I just realized all these white males, they're just slaughtering women.
1: Yeah, that's what all these killers' M.O.s are. It's And then... Later, we see, you know, with the Jeffrey Dahmer and stuff. Then he goes after men, but very early in the film, his first few killers he's copycatting mm-hmm. are all white males that kill females. So
2: we get uh, the killer finally goes to Sigourney Weaver's apartment, mm-hmm. uh, kills the cops. Man, he slits at one's throat, and it's that's a, that is straight up horror movie level yeah. throat I th-
1: slitting. That's probably why I like this movie so much. It's it doesn't shy away from the horror. Stuff in this. Yeah, that
2: was that was pretty nasty. Um, that made that made me like eww, grunt a little bit. Yeah, it's a good throat slit. Uh then um, he gets in there. Holly Hunter comes. She gets shot. Yeah, but you have a fake death out with her. Yeah, she's not. She's not actually dead. Uh, and then she who dies? The there's a cop that dies in the bathroom because he's recreating the scene from the beginning of the movie.
1: Yeah, well he ta- no. He takes her to. He, he takes the throat slit cop and takes her to the the auditorium where she was giving the speech because he takes her from her apartment. Yeah. Takes her to the auditorium where she was giving the speech and strings her up in the bathroom like she was with Harry Connick and now we've tied it all together, you know, that he's trying to emulate Harry Connick Jr.'s killer. Um, and uh, he brings the cop with the throat slit. and Oh, it it just him puts him the in ground. the corner? Yeah, it has him okay. on the ground. But then when Holly Hunter comes to save the day... He puts the cop uniform on and the fake blood. That was a great move. Yeah, and she, you know, she thinks that cuz he she doesn't know what he looks like. No. I'm so not. she thinks he's the the dead cop. Um and then yeah, that's when she gets shot, but she's fine. Oh
2: yeah, she gets shot in the bathroom here, mm-hmm. not in the apartment. Yeah, she yeah. gets
1: shot in uh twice I think, but she's fine. Maybe she's I think she's got a vest she's on. She's got a vest on. Um yeah. yeah uh she's also smart. And she's the smartest. Um, but before all this went down, of course Sigourney Weaver had to have the video chat with uh, Harry Connick Jr. Um, oh, that's which right. is the uh, yeah. the other scene he's in where he's sort of saying like, "Yeah, this guy came to me. He's read my book or whatever. He's a fan, but I don't I don't know who he is, you know." Like, And, yeah, he, and then yeah. he's like, "I'll tell you more if you send me some of your panties." <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: This curtain guy, he's been writing me all these letters. I figured, I figured he owed me a couple of favors. So I sent a book with him to your house. I didn't think he'd break in, though. Yeah, steer clear of that son of a gun. He's a freak. He told me he's gonna send me $500 for some of my, um, my, my spirit. He said that he could make me immortal if he had some of my spirit. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of embarrassing. I don't I don't really want to say it right out in front of a lady and all.
3: Well, I think I know what you're referring to. So what did you do about it?
0: I took some of that liquid soap put it in one of them sandwich baggies with a message from Jesus, telling him to mend his ways.
3: How are you going to contact Curtin?
0: This buddy of mine got paroled a couple of days ago. I figured I'd just send a baggie with him. and Curtin was going to hook up with him.
3: When where? Do you know when and where?
0: All oh, depends, Doc.
3: Depends on what? You
0: see... It gets awful lonesome in here, Doc. I think about you all the time. A personal token would be nice. Let's see, something feminine, something lacy, something really, something pretty. I got it. Send me some of your squirrel covers.
3: I beg your pardon?
0: (laughs) I beg your pardon? Your panties. You wear them, don't you? That's what I want. Jesus. Christ. Look, I want them autographed to me personally. Dowerly, call them. Deal?
3: But that's a promise.
1: Uh, He calls them squirrel covers, which is just <laughs> the grossest thing I think I may have ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, there was a part of me
2: where I stopped for a second and had to visually think about that. And I go, oh, okay. I don't get, I don't know where
1: you're coming from with that, but it's grody no and he's got the fucking teeth in and he's gross in the prison oh it's so funny and doesn't
2: he have on like a u.s navy cap what is yeah he's
1: got a hat on in this scene for some reason i don't even know where it came from or why he has it on it's so he's so good and he's just in this video chat scene that's like five minutes long but he's great in this scene too he's
2: having a good time um
1: (laughs) yeah and uh so yeah now we we are back to just had to cover that, but now yeah, Sigourney Weaver is strung up, and the fight is taken then to the roof when she gets out because she uh, she tries. She basically gets out by making the scene not look like the original scene. She knocks off her other shoe because she had one shoe off in the uh, in the in the original scene with Harry Connick Jr. So she takes the other shoe off. She gets loose, and you know he's she's got to be strung up so. Him being a copycat and not being able to do it, he freaks out. Fight gets taken to the roof, and she blows his fucking brains out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she really fucking
1: kills him. Yeah, she shoots him a few times with great squibs, and then, yeah, shoots him in the head, but she has to overcome her agoraphobia and go outside to do it. She does. She has a panic attack first, but she does.
2: Yeah, and then uh, at the very end, there was something. Wasn't there kind of like a...
1: Yeah, we see the communication between... Um, the, the book that Harry Connick Jr. gave yeah. the killer and everything. Yeah. Okay. That's and what it's, it is. and it's like him sort of like looking at it, you know, like. Cause there was
2: happy hunting, something like that. Yeah. Happy hunting partner. Yeah.
1: And it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of revealed that, um, uh, Harry Connick Jr. did help out a little bit in this.
2: Yeah. But it's just a very weird help. I, I don't know. I, I liked it though. I, I liked all this film, um. Everyone did such a good job. This movie is edited really well, and I'm always impressed when movies can take like office scenes between cops and make them kinetic and
1: easy to watch. And this movie does. I love all the cop scenes, you know? Yeah. It's... And I love this, the killer scenes. I love the cop scenes. I love any scene in just Sigourney Weaver's apartment. They have found a way to make everything interesting.
2: Yeah, it's a good job. This is a good movie. Uh, I suggest, suggest this to anyone who likes 90s movies, who likes thrillers and who likes just serial killer type movies
1: absolutely same uh if you like horror movies you like this one cuz it's yeah. a pretty hard edged thriller it's very r rated um yeah i mean any and i would i would recommend this i know the listeners are movie fans and stuff but i would recommend this to normies too i would tell like just people who like movies like this is a good movie like
2: it's a good blast from the past movie,
1: too. Yeah, it definitely encapsulates 95 really nicely. <laughs> yeah,
2: because when those computers are on, it's beautiful. Yeah, Mwah!
1: it's wonderful. It is a it is a window to the 90s, but also just a really, really, really good movie.
2: So we should, uh, let's, let's go off to the museum.
1: This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. So the museum, every week we take something that we like or don't like and put in our museum so we can either admire it or learn from it. What are you dropping in the museum this week?
2: Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Part of me wants to put in horny Sigourney Weaver because it kind of shows like an independent woman. Like she knows what she wants, even though she is damaged.
1: Yeah, she's damaged, but she doesn't have to be a caricature of a damaged person. She could still be human and want to have sex.
2: It really shocked me that they did it because she's just like, mm, "I miss sex," and I was like, "Wait, what?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't have a lead of a movie say that.
2: <laughs> I was, what What is going on? The Christian in me is freaking out. <laughs> uh, I I was and I was impressed that the. Um, her gay friend wasn't Jack, you know, a stereotype yeah. of that. Yeah. I didn't even know he was gay until I was like, "Wait, are they together?"
1: Yeah, they they don't make it like like obnoxiously like uh, conservatively positive. They're uh, uh, they don't make it obvious. Yeah, you know?
2: yeah. I guess I'm just putting in like strong '90s woman. That's kind of what that is.
1: Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I she's s- not married. She wants sex just to have sex. Yes. She doesn't want a man. She doesn't want a relationship. Romance. She just yeah. wants to bang. Yeah. And I feel like that's such a guy thing to do in a film that, you know, I'm sure Sigourney Weaver was like, fuck yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Finally, I get to
1: do that. And maybe that comes from the fact that this movie was written by a woman, which helps, I think. Yeah. Uh, But also just like, it's never, it's not like, uh we're doing the female seven. It's just like, no, that's just natural. It's natural. This is what we're doing. I never got that out of this. Yeah. It's Uh, it's, so it's, it's wonderful. Everything like that works. I think I totally agree with you. I've got, I've got so much stuff I want to put in the museums. It's really hard for me to decide. I think just, um, you know, uh, connected to yours. I'll put Holly Hunter's character in the, in the museum because she's so strong. She's so smart uh she's really great in this movie um she also is very attractive to me in this movie yeah i know so everything works for me here for holly hunter's character
2: yeah it's it's a good one i oof, i mean the, the, this one hits a lot of good notes
1: yeah this one checks all the boxes in all the right ways yeah. <laughs> i i wholly recommend this movie as well and since we're
2: we've got some extra time let's talk other thrillers uh and let's see what's what's matt's favorite here uh i went to the tens the top tens and 90s best of 90s thrillers let's see how you agree here uh let me go all the way number 10
1: copycat wrong because it's not number one (laughs) (laughs) number nine fight club
2: ah is that a thriller
1: i guess so. It's, it's more of a thriller than anything else i guess but i don't really like that movie all that much i think it's overrated Number eight, the Crying Game. Well, you think Fight Club's overrated? Absolutely. No, no.
2: <laughs> All right. Number eight, the Crying Game. Uh,
1: I like stuff about the Crying Game.
2: Yeah, I just, I guess it's never one that where I'd I, I never top ten in. Uh, yeah, I don't. Oh, seven Fargo is awesome. Yeah, Fargo's great. Uh, number six, The Sixth Sense. Also, which, I think yeah. is overrated. <laughs> I think. No, I think the impact on that was uh, huge. The problem is, like, it's only great impact once.
1: Yeah, that's my problem with the movie. Once you've seen it, then you don't need to see it again.
2: Well, I think that's what's wrong with twist endings. Is like, while they're great the first time you watch it and it will get everyone talking about it, it's one time.
1: Well, I I disagree because like if I, if you think about like Scream, you know who the killers are. But you watch that movie over and over again. You can't rewatch Sixth Sense after you know the twist. That's just like
2: I think a lot of people it's do. It's so predicated re-watch.
1: on the twist. That's the problem with it. I don't it. know. I think a lot of people have rewatched the
2: Sixth Sense. I don't. I don't know the last time I've even seen it.
1: I've only seen it the one time, yeah. the first time I saw it. Oh, uh, there's Scream. Number 5 Scream. Yeah, that's that's my number 1.
2: God, that's such a rewatchable movie. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's um Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> it's great. Uh four Reservoir Dogs. I hmm I love Reservoir Dogs. Yo, yeah, not my so favorite Tarantino, but I, I love it. I don't know if I'd call that I guess it's, it's, it's got more thriller of a
1: th- elements. Yeah, it's not like a like a thriller like copycat though. You yeah.
2: Know? Yeah, I don't know. Uh three the unusual suspects. Um
1: oh, yeah, 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 I whatever. love it. I'm yeah. whatever with that movie. I could take or leave it. Nah, that movie's great. <laughs> I like you have Benicio del Toro in it. That's yeah. about it.
2: Number two, Silence of the Lambs. Of course, that's fantastic. It's a classic. Come on, it's-
1: I don't. It's like one that I don't like as much as some of my other '90s thrillers that I love, but like I definitely respect it. It's the one that kicked in the door for all these procedural-type movies. To
2: me, it's kind of like the Exorcist of horror movies. Or, you know what I mean?
1: Like, this It's not is my like, favorite, but you need it. I'm like, I don't want
2: to watch The Exorcist. I've seen it. <laughs> I know all the notes. I get it. It's a great performance from the kid. Uh, and she's fucking gross. And she pukes up pea soup. Uh, seven, number one. Nah. Copycats better. <laughs> no, no, but um, I I do love how you're just like no, I refuse. But here's some other ones I just wanted. I saw uh, Extreme Measures, never seen.
1: Me neither. Basic Instinct, fine. I classic. Don't, it's a classic. Yeah. The Net. I've never seen it. I'm not a Sandy B fan.
2: No, but that's such a 90s. Computer I'm sure movie. I would love
1: it. I'm sure I'd love it today. Ooh, uh, L.A. Like Confidential's on this list. That's yeah, a good one. I like that movie.
2: Point of No Return. That's a really popular one, mm-hmm. but it's kind of faded. Yeah. Uh, the Firm. Your boy Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I like the book. I don't like the movie. Then
2: we have U Turn. I've never seen that. Uh, I've seen Brief. that cover though.
1: Yeah, U Turn was popular in '97. Pelican um, Brief is on here.
2: Pelican Brief. That's Course. Denzel. The two big ones: Denzel and um, Julia. Julia Roberts. Yeah. That one's overrated to me. I never want to rewatch that. And I remember that was so huge.
1: I would rewatch it because I've only ever seen that once, like, prior when it came out on video. So, like, I'm due for another watch.
2: Another computer
1: movie. 90s computer. Yeah. So much.
2: Uh, Malice. Don't know that. Body of Evidence. Ooh, Ransom.
1: Ransom. Ransom. That's a, Gibson. that's a tense thriller I, yeah
2: i remember that being tense uh copland uh, wild things no.
1: that's one of my favorites i fucking love that movie it is a thriller though it's a but that is but that's, it's a... that's the pulpiest movie on this list yeah. that is just pulp central <laughs> that
2: movie was so just sold on a kiss
1: yeah it's just straight camp start to yeah. finish it is just a campy movie all right a few
2: more 12 monkeys yeah i don't know what scissors is they don't even have a fucking photo for it
1: poison ivy There's a good that's that's my kind of thriller Uh, entrapment from the same director from John M. L. as copycat Uh, entrapment's a blast it's not like nobody's gonna make the argument it's a great movie but man it's fun Uh, conspiracy theory which I know you haven't seen right I've never seen that no yeah
2: that's an interesting Mel Gibson Julia Roberts film uh, and then Double Jeopardy with Tommy Lee Jones.
1: I love Double Jeopardy. Of course I love Double yeah. Jeopardy. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like around the same time, uh, we had the Primal Fears. We're yeah. out, uh, you know, the Hand that racks the Cradle. Um, fear. Fear, yeah. Fear is a great yeah. 90s thriller. One of my favorite 90s thrillers. Uh, Pacific Heights. We had a bunch of different stuff out at the time.
2: How is One, why is Misery on this list? And how is it only 42? If it's considered a thriller, it's got to be way up there. Who knows who's voting on these things? Stupid kids. <laughs> the craft? No, okay. Uh, officially done with this. Um, that was a good uh, nostalgia trip, though. And I always forget how many thrillers Julia Roberts was in in the 90s.
1: Yeah, she, she made a second. She went from romantic comedies to thrillers for a while. Yeah,
2: it was pretty hardcore. So that's going to end it with our... Um, Oh, no, wait, we have one more. We have one more in uh, the Are we,
1: are we going to do that, or are we going to not do that? We have uh, we'll to de- figure it out. We'll have to decide what our, we got our final episode time. will be.
2: We have plenty of time, but that'll end it off. Uh, again, tradition, talk about Horama.
1: Oh, yes, uh, make sure to come down to Chicago, or if you're in town, come to the Davis Theater, uh, April 26th through the 28th, for three days of nonstop horror horror, and fun at uh, Windy City Horrorama Part 2. Uh, we will be there with movies, parties, Q&As, guests, vendors, everything you could possibly want. Uh, a one-stop shop for horror in the Davis, in the Carbon Arc, attached to the Davis. It's going to be the best time. You're going to have the time of your life, I promise. Come on down, April 26th through 28th, Windy City Horrorama, windycityhorrorama.com nice man you got through that one fast you're getting good oh we just shot like 10 commercials yesterday so now i just have it in my burned in my brain <laughs> yeah.
2: you're just walking down the street saying it to people yes by yeah, the way one. if you want to see horror city
1: blah, 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 blah. anytime anybody brings up horror movies like even at one of my day jobs i'm just like i do a fest it's called when you i've got the pitch ready to go <laughs> <laughs> you're just
2: a you're turning straight into a marketer
1: yeah i mean I, it's you have to You know, there's only a few of us working on this thing, so... (laughs) Spread the word. Yeah, and that's what I need you guys to do, too. If you're coming or you can't come or whatever, doesn't matter. Tell people about it. Mm -hmm. That helps. That's the biggest thing, honestly, word of mouth. It's still the best marketing, in my opinion, is hearing it from somebody else. So talk about it. Tell people. Be like, hey, go to this thing, because that helps us out, and it helps us keep doing it. So Yeah.
2: I told people at work, and they kind of just stare at me, because I work with a bunch of developers, and they're like, wait, what?
1: (laughs) We have to leave?
2: (laughs) I have to get out of my chair and (laughs) my computer? Nope. (laughs) Uh, But this was fun, Uh, and... Next month is going to be a little bit lighter because Matt is swamped.
1: Yeah, I think... Are we taking off next month?
2: I think we'll do a couple movies. I've got a couple that I want to, but they're going to be light and fun.
1: All right. Yeah. Um. Then we'll be limited for maybe the next two months for me because yeah. I am in Horrorama mode until... Yeah and it's bad i am i'm drowning right now i, I shouldn't even be here right now but i'm here um uh, but uh yeah it, it will do we'll do a little here and there but i'm gonna be light for the next couple months so sorry guys i hope you don't miss me too much
2: <laughs> it happens uh just make sure horrorama goes goes off without a hitch
1: yeah well we're trying we're trying
2: and uh remember to oh wait yeah i forgot you can rate and review us subscribe itunes uh, youtube podbean whatever you got out there and remember to be kind and rewind
1: hey do you guys like horror movies I i do do they always have to be good movies no way. I prefer them to be crap, personally. <laughs> well, then you guys are in luck because Horror Movie Night is your expert podcast on both horror movies, good, bad, and gooey. It's just a show of three friends, brother, you know, two brothers and a friend. I, I think you would call. It, but we're also we're all friends here. You know, we're friends. We we're around. all friends here. We're yeah. for around,
2: but <laughs> we. We talk about we talk about movies, but we normally don't actually talk about movies, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it's,
1: it's a weird dynamic. You have to really listen to understand it. But we put together a show every Friday morning. You can find our show HMNpodcast.com. Uh, we're part of the Beatscape Network. We are, you know, we're good guys. Just check us out. We're good, silly guys. We're, we're fun. Please like me. Please. <laughs> That's pretty Please. much the impetus of everything we do is to be accepted. We want to yeah. be loved.
3: HMMpodcast.com.